welcome to Sage and Spirit, a podcast designed to nourish your mind, body, soul, and spirit. I'm your host, Anna Claire Lottie, and I'm so grateful you're here. In this holistic wellness podcast, I'll be having candid conversations with others, exploring topics such as healing with plants, food as medicine, earth connection, spirituality, conscious entrepreneurship, and so much more. Thank you for being here and sharing in this journey with me. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sage and Spirit. Today, I'm feeling relaxed and nourished after having just arrived home uh, last week from beautiful Costa Rica, where I had an amazing time relaxing, researching, and enjoying a little bit of an early birthday celebration with my mom. Today, I'm excited to bring you a wonderful and insightful conversation with my dear friend, Bethany Bubenzer. Before I tell you about today's episode, just a quick reminder that all of the information shared on this podcast is meant for entertainment and educational purposes only. None of the information is meant to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any illness or disease, and I always highly recommend that you consult with a trusted healthcare professional before making any changes to your medications, your dietary preferences, supplements, herbal protocols, or anything of the sort. With that being said, I... I'm just feeling really grateful today for my recent conversation with Bethany Bubenzer. And in this episode, we are talking all about human design, which admittedly is a new concept for me. It's something that has only kind of recently arrived in my awareness and consciousness, I would say within the past couple of years. And it's not something I've really explored very deeply. So this conversation with Bethany, I found to be really empowering and insightful. And I hope that you do too. Bethany is actually somebody that I met back when I lived in Charleston, South Carolina. And Bethany and I were working together many, many years ago at this little um, cute wine bar in the historic section of downtown Charleston. And I knew as soon as I met Bethany that we would become friends and she just had such a magnetic energy about her that I recognized then and that I've been um, really excited to continue to stay in touch with Bethany and to see this magnetism grow and to witness all of what she's been through and where she is now. And um, her story is just incredibly inspiring and she's such a cheerleader for people in general and for the world. So a little bit more about Bethany. She is an online business mentor for visionary women on a mission to positively impact the world. She mentors coaches, artists, healers, and yoga teachers to their next level of impact and prosperity. Bethany's mission in life is to help intuitive women elevate success without losing their magic. She does this through human design, intuitive and intelligent business coaching, and soon she'll also be offering sacred breath work. First and foremost, Bethany understands that you have a unique medicine inside you that the world needs. 
She contributes to this vision by helping soulful women on a mission to become wildly successful through first healing themselves and then alchemizing their healing journey into successful businesses. In today's conversation, Bethany and I are really focusing on the topic of human design, which she also describes as the blueprint of the soul, which I just really love that description. She talks about a channeling or download that she received during yoga one day, and all of the steps that led her to this path of discovery through difficult moments in her life, through moments of witnessing others, and also through moments of clarity and peace and knowing. Bethany discusses with us what it's like to align align to your dharma. She talks about the five energy types. And one thing that she really talks about that really touched home for me was that healing doesn't have to be hard and spirituality doesn't have to be serious. And this is something that I didn't really realize um, how much I needed to hear it until I actually did. Um, So I will leave the rest up to our conversation. I really hope you enjoyed listening today and I'd love to hear your comments, your feedback, send me a message. Let me know what your human design is and what you find out about that and how it might motivate you to move forward in the future and to really claim what it is that you hope to create as your legacy in this life. So without further ado, here we are today with Bethany Bubinzer. Hey, Bethany, how are you? I am wonderful. I'm so happy to be here. How are you? I am doing well, and I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for taking the time for this conversation today. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you. And, um, you know, I would love if you could just start with a little bit more background about yourself, kind of where you're coming from and how you ended up where you are today with all the amazing offerings that you have in this world. Mm, Thank you. Very very nice thing to say. Um, So... Without giving the whole story, I have to go back about 15 years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was actually graduated college, was working in marketing in New York and figured out that it wasn't a great fit um, and moved back home to Kentucky and then faced the choice of my boyfriend was moving to Charleston, South Carolina and I was like, well, I'm not really doing anything. And I've never been one to like follow a boy anywhere, but whatever, if I'm going to do it, I might as well go to Charleston. And so when we moved down there, I was like one year, I will live in the South for one year. And that is it. Um, And I had really planned on, actually, my goal was to become a diplomat, to go to law school, become a diplomat. Um, And then I ended up taking a yoga teacher training because I didn't have anything better to do at the time. (laughs) I'd always loved yoga. I'd done yoga since I was a teenager. And then I stood up to teach my first day of yoga teacher training and I taught sun salutations. And it was like, I was at the time I was like, felt like possessed, but now understanding that I was actually channeling. And it was like, I had been teaching yoga 
for lifetimes. I have even my mentor at the time was like, what just happened? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Um, but from that moment, I knew that I would teach yoga for the rest of my life. Like it actually brings tears to my eyes a little bit. So like, no matter what else I do, yoga will always be the foundation. I just had never felt so clear and at home and, um, just fluid, like attuned to my own energy, I guess is a really great way to mm -hmm. say it. Um, and then I've been teaching yoga for a while and because of my marketing background, I was able to create a really beautiful career out of teaching yoga and did things that were like definitely edgy and avant-garde, but like, was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I have a particular lifestyle that I also want. And so I was doing events and yoga teacher trainings and workshops and just having a good old time <laughs> it all. Um, and then in 2016, my brother passed away unexpectedly. And that really sent me, um, sorry, it's still like, it mm -hmm. hit really deep, but it's, it's an important part of my story. I don't want to leave out. And, um, after he passed, it was the day after his funeral. And I was walking down to the lake behind my parents' house and someone ran up to me and grabbed my hand. And I turned to see who it was and no one was there. And that was my, I just got goosebumps everywhere. And that was my, yeah, like that was my first real experience with, um, like energy and spirit. And like, I think I'd had glimpses of it before, like lights would flicker. I kind of always believed those things, but that was the first moment that was, can I cuss? Yes. You <laughs> I should ask for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was my first like, holy shit moment because it was so physical and so tangible. Mm. Um, and then because of everything that happened with yoga, I had this like very deep knowing that, I had all the tools to be okay. Like even from day one, I was like, this is awful. No one should ever have to go through this, like really earth shattering. And also like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And this like inner sense of resiliency because I was so connected to self. And then a year, exactly a year and six days later, my sister passed away from drug overdose. And that time I was like, I can't like, I just, I'm done. I'm checked out. Like what an actual fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just really too much for my system to handle. Um, and as it, I think it, you know, deep trauma like that. And so what happened is like, I've moved out of Charleston and it became this really slow and steady rebuilding of my life and like everything being shattered twice, maybe be really conscious of like, what do I actually want to do and how do I want to do it? And took everything to the next level. Um, and in the midst of all this, I had heard of human design, um, I guess in like 2015. And it was something I was always kind of curious about, but what I actually found during my periods of grief is that not for any particular reason, but I was just so drawn to this science and this art. And I was watching 
like videos and reading books, like people watch TV or read novels. I was like, this is just, I just wanted to absorb it. And not only that, I also had the same experience that I had the first time I taught yoga. Like it just made sense to me. And it's like an incredibly complicated system, but for whatever reason, I picked it up really, really fast. It was like getting codes or downloading. Um, and then that's the first time I really started to understand what that meant too. And is a big part of healing my grief because I was like so raw and open and real. I started to, again, get really fascinated by energy and attuning to my own energy. And so like really studying frequency and essence and vibration and how different foods affected me and different people and just like this raw, empathetic, <laughs> um, sensitive being. And I don't think I think everybody has a, like a scale of empathy, but mine was just so on the surface for years. It's almost like I didn't have any other choice, but to figure this stuff out. And so human design was a system that really helped me explain like where I take in energy, where I absorb it, where I amplify it. And it gave me a lot of permission slips to of like who I was that I had like pieces of my life that I constantly tried to fix um, and myself, but I actually figured out where like part of my soul contract and who I was here to be. I feel like I've gone off on a little bit of a tangent, but there's like so much, it's, it's <laughs> so, good stuff. Though. <laughs> there's so much that got me to being to where I am now, which now I do, um, business coaching really for, um, people in the spiritual and wellness realms. And then I also do human design coaching. And I also do like spiritual development and I teach yoga because I'm a manifesting generator, I have to do it all. <laughs> but if what I really do everywhere is I help people align to their dharma and then amplify their ability to like experience deep joy in life. Um, and that, and sometimes that looks like building a business and sometimes it looks like learning how to meditate and I'm here for all of it. Mm. Oh, that's so beautiful. Um, I love that just aligning to Dharma and then amplifying what a beautiful, what a beautifully said way of like putting that. Um, and also just thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, and, and for, for sharing with us this journey that you've been through. And it, it seems like so often, um, a lot of us go through experiences that really crack us open and lead us even more directly onto our path, even though sometimes in the moment, we may not always realize that is what's happening. Um, but what a beautiful way to like, have these tools to work with and to know at, at least at some points, you know, that you, that you had what you needed to get through what you were going through. Um, and some really traumatic and, and I, you know, I can't even imagine like how you felt during those times. And, and it's something that stays with us always when we go through experiences like that. So thank you for sharing. And it's clear how integral that those experiences have been in your journey and leading, to, leading you to where you are. And I love what you said about how you felt like you, or, you know, now that you were channeling during yoga. And I've noticed that when I teach herbal medicine and when I teach certain classes that really light me up, um, you know, there's sometimes there's always kind of this, like a little bit of anxiety going into it. And then once I hit my flow, mm -hmm. I I'm literally, I'm just 
I feel like I'm transported elsewhere um, and I'm altered. I like go into this altered state where things are just kind of coming out my mouth. And later on, I look back and I'm like, I don't even know where that came from. Yeah. Um, and it's so fun when that happens because it really does. It just makes it feel like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. If information is just like flowing out of me and I'm not having to like try hard or work at it, um, you know, then that means something to me. That's like a green light. Um, so I love that that has become such a foundation for you and that from there, you're just able to shine out all of these other offerings that are, you know, aligned and that kind of are complementary, um, but also totally different. And, and that way you also appeal to so many different people from different walks of life, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and also just really love like this aspect of you saying like, I'm, I'm going to do it my way. And it was edgy and avant-garde and that's who I am and how I'm going to put it out into the world because, you know, yoga has become very popular in our society and there's so many different ways to practice and so many different people to practice with or without, you know, and, and so it's really this, um, this sort of thing that you can sort of blend into whatever your lifestyle is. And so I just, I love that you're unapologetic about like, yeah, I'm going to do it my way because it's, it's, that's how it is. It's my life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, this human design thing. So I was fortunate enough to win a business coaching, kind of an intro coaching session with you. And we had a conversation a couple months ago and really amazing conversation. I took so many notes that I'm still just like pouring over and sitting with and processing. I'm a little bit of a slow processor, but um, at the beginning of our conversation, you asked me if I knew my human design mm -hmm. and it wasn't a foreign concept to me. This was like, oh yeah, I remember I heard about this a few years ago. I looked up what my human design is, but that had totally just kind of fallen off of the, the radar for me. And um, so I was like, yeah, you know, I've heard of this, but I have no idea what my human design is or what it might mean about me. And so you just like quickly like typed in my info, looked up my design, and then you had like all this information about me, it seemed, um, which was so cool. Um, and I was saying just before we started recording, it feels to me like um, when people get interested in astrology or they have an opportunity to have their birth chart read, once you finally get the information back from that and all the details for me, I feel so seen. I'm just like, Oh, wow. Th yeah. This like, how do they know so much about me? This is wild. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and I remember even like, as we were talking based on, I'm a manifesting generator too. And you were just like, yeah, the way that you answer things and the way that you respond to things and you do these kind of guttural responses. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that is so me. <laughs> So um, I'd love maybe if you could expound a little more on what this system is all about and, and why you find it to be such an integral and powerful part of, of your offerings these days. Mm -hmm. um, so human design, here's what's actually really funny. Um, I've never been drawn to astrology until I understood human design. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but they're, they're sister sciences. Actually, I would say like the human design gene and the gene keys and astrology. I'll tie into one. I won't go off on what gene keys are, but human design is actually relatively new um, within it's come around in the past few decades. And the founder, Ra Uruhu, basically sat in a deep meditation 
And I think of like how like the Quran was actually downloaded to Muhammad over a period of several days. It was the same thing with the human design system. And it, the system combines a few ancient practices and technologies. So you've got astrology, the I Ching, which is um, the, a system of divination and numerology. And then you've got the Kabbalah, the ancient Judaic text. And then you've got the chakra system. And what's really fascinating is let's focus on the chakra system. So in yoga, the belief is that we have seven chakras. And then in human design, as humans evolved over time, we went to have from having seven chakras to having nine. And the two chakras that we were saying, uh, said to grow according to human design are the heart and or ego, which the ego is actually a, a good thing in human design. And we're conditioned to think it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the G center, which is also known as the personality crystal. So as we evolved over time, we grew into like, what do we want to do and lead from the heart? And then also the personality, which is actually our direction center. It's like, who, what do we want to do and who do we want to be? And um, so these energy centers, whether they're defined or undefined, which either means that if an energy center is defined, it means that it's self-regulated energy. It comes from within. And then if it's undefined, it means it's where you actually pull in and amplify the energy around you. And another way I think of it, and it's not exactly this, um, but it's almost like where we're empathetic And it's like having different types of empathy. So some people will feel other people's fear. Some people will feel and amplify other people's desires. Some people have their own motivation center, their own like drive. Other people's have to tune into that energy from other people. Um, So you have these energy centers and based on which energy centers are defined or undefined, undefined, then human design breaks it down into five what are known as energy types. And the five energy types are manifester, the manifesting generator, generators, projectors, and reflectors. And your energy type is actually your aura. So it's kind of like what you, your ability to magnetize or repel, or basically your energy type creates what is known as your strategy. So as a manifesting generator, your aura is open and enveloping, which means that you magnetize experiences, people, life to you. And then your role, your strategy is to respond to that energy. So it's like, you just are saying yes or no all day. And the more you can tune into your yes or no, like the more aligned you will become with your design and the easier and more like downstream and flowy and happy (laughs) and joyful life will be. One of the things that I love most about human design is um, it's really a system to decondition us. So to look at all the ways that society or our lineage or even ancestral trauma has come into our body and our psyche to tell us what we're supposed to be that actually takes us away from who we were born to be. And we can decondition and strip away all those layers. And 
before I go any deeper, I do want to say like, I do believe in shadow work and like uncovering like the fear, especially someone that's been in the shadow so much, like it's important. Mm-hmm. And human design system speaks to like, it doesn't have to be hard. Like healing doesn't have to be so hard and spirituality doesn't have to be so serious, right? It's like, it's about, it's all about creating a sense of levity so that when you get to your point of success or personal evolution, it hasn't necessarily felt like an uphill battle. So the universe wants us to be really happy and we were designed, happy is not the right word, um, but more like blissful, I guess, and content is a better word. Mm. Um, So we signed a soul contract, which basically means we chose our energy body, our human design body before we were born, because we chose that this is the exact way that we wanted our energy to interact with the world around us. And the more we can attune to that, just the more, um, free we are to be who we were meant to be and align to our dharma mm. that's a quick short explanation <laughs> yeah thank you for that um I, I love that sort of breakdown and this idea of just like having permission to be who we are and it's so funny that that's even like a phrase that we even seek permission to be who we are mm-hmm. um but it's a real thing right like i see that so often and you know i've seen it in myself and in clients that i've worked with and a lot of times we think or we're conditioned to feel like we have to respond in a particular way to a particular situation or whatever it may be mm-hmm. And if we don't respond in the way that we think is right, then we have this like, you know, guilt or shame, or we beat ourselves up or, oh, I could have done this better. Um, But it's really interesting because I was kind of refreshing, looking over at the information about my human design last night and just sort of some of the things that I was reading, I was like, oh, that's why I do this. And that's okay because it's who I am instead of trying to respond the way other people do, well, you know, they're probably a different design. They're probably designed to respond in different ways. And that's kind of what makes the world go round, right? Like we're all different and that's, there is a a lot of goodness in that and a lot of positivity um, because we're not all exactly the same, doing the same thing, responding in the same ways. Um, Yeah. So, and, and also this concept that healing doesn't have to be hard and even more so that spirituality doesn't have to be serious. That really hits home for me. Um, because I notice a lot of times within myself that when I get in these different sort of spiritual ventures or learning more about certain aspects, I get real serious (laughs) and I've even had people look at me and be like, wow, you're so serious today. And I'm like, oh, really? And I'm not even aware of it sometimes. And so a practice that I've really been focusing on lately is inviting more joy into my life. And I love what you said about inviting levity, like everything doesn't have to be so like heavy and serious and we can do this work and find the joy and the innate bliss in it. So, um, I think that these are really important things to talk about, especially in these times that we're living in where things can be so serious so much of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So why would somebody want to learn about their human design? Um, You know, what are some of the benefits or different ways that you've seen people 
um, take this information and, and run with it? Mm. Uh, that's a really good question. And before I answer that question, um, I want to speak a little bit more about that levity piece. So mm -hmm. I was raised Catholic and um, the amount of guilt <laughs> that was i was conditioned to have especially in my relationship to a higher being and like bowing for a higher being is and i, I want to say this very clearly like i have the utmost respect for source for god for every faith um and it wasn't until human design that like i understood like a deep uh integrated relationship with source and like being a mirror and reflection that I just started to, to develop a deeper relationship to it. Mm -hmm. um, so I like, it's one of those things like take it seriously, but don't always necessarily take yourself seriously. And it is right. how it feels. Um, okay. There are a million reasons to get your human, like to understand your human design. I don't even know where to start, but okay. <laughs> let's say for you, right. As a manifesting generator, um, the biggest thing, again, about human design is deconditioning. So in a world where we're all constantly marketed to and told who to be and given like checklists for success, those are written from a first person perspective of them writing, working from their own internal guidance system and what's worked for them. And human design is basically a blueprint to your soul. And that's why even when I pulled up your chart, I remember it's like, oh, yeah, like all of a sudden I just. Like it's all right there. All the information is like, this is who she is. And every time I've ever given a human design reading, people are like, holy, like, holy cow, how? <laughs> Try not to guess too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> but really, honestly, they're just like, holy shit. Like I, that just, I've had a woman say like, that was better than 10 years of therapy in a one hour mm. session. And like, that's why I do this. And it's almost like we are been conditioned to repel or rebel against our own tuition, against our own inner knowing because of what we think we're supposed to do. So you as a manifesting generator, it's like having a, the fastest car with the most speed bumps is how I think of it. And it's like, you're really here to go down a path and then change your mind. Like, or to, for example, um, the conditioning of a manifesting generator would be like, jack of all trades, master of none, right? Everybody's, most people have probably heard that. And like, that's actually not true for a manifesting generator. A manifesting generator is here to like go down the rabbit hole of a bunch of different subjects and pull it all together and create something new that doesn't seemingly go together. So for like me, it's like spirituality and business. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, and also yoga, right? So like manifesting generators, are often conditioned to see themselves as flaky and then work really, really hard to be like in integrity and be responsible and do everything that they're going to say to do, which actually pulls them away from their design where they're like, you're designed to switch lanes a lot. So a specific example of this would be, um, let's say you had a friend that asked you to go to the movie next Friday and in the moment you're like yes that sounds awesome i can't wait and then it comes to friday and you're like that actually sounds like the worst possible idea <laughs> um in the moment decisions are more true for you so 
maybe becomes really important, like a really important response. Like I'll let you know closer to time. Now, obviously you can't do these for like, will you marry me? <laughs> but but we'll plan a date, I'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like those big decisions, but um, like little stuff, you're just designed to like switch careers if you want to, or um, like, uh, like maybe one year you're really into astrology and then the next year you're into herbalism, right? It's like, you can switch. Um, and so not giving yourselves those barricades, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, another example would be like a projector. Projectors are really these fascinating creatures, but they don't have any, what is known as a motor. So they don't have their own motors. And um, so they are designed to work like three to four hours a day. Mm. And think of like, and like take a lot of breaks, take a lot of naps, but they get as much done in that small window. Um, like they get as much done as the rest of us in like an eight hour day. They're just here to be really efficient, to guide energy, to, they see things from like a higher perspective. So they're just really good at like making everything, like seeing things in a way that people can't to be more efficient. They're the most efficient beings because their energy is more compact is like, mm. you know, and so it's like, I can get this done in three hours. So I have some clients that are projectors that were, would always be annoyed and resentful about people at work. Like, why does everybody work so slow? Like, why does this take everybody so long? Um, and I actually have another client who, even before she understood anything about human design, actually snuck a pillow into her office and like <laughs> take naps in the middle of the day. And she had so much guilt about it. And I was like, no, that's actually energetically correct for you. Um, now, if your boss catches you napping under your desk, please don't give them my number. But <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and, and so like really quick, just to answer your question in one sentence is that it's important for everyone to understand their human design because it gives you a blueprint for your energetic operating principles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating to me. Just this idea of, of having this blueprint of your soul. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things when I was looking back over the human design info last night, I kind of got this printout and it's interesting because I didn't realize the involvement with um, the Kabbalah as well. And, but when it gave me the image, like the graphic that it like yep. designed for my design, yep. um, it looked like it had sort of like an overlay of the, the Kabbalah, like tree of life or whatever, yep. like imprinted over a torso. And then it had these different centers like highlighted and different colors and everything. And so one of the things I will say is that when I, typed in my information. And obviously this will speak to why it's important to work with a practitioner facilitator like you. It just kind of gave me this graphic and I had no idea what it meant at all. Um, yeah. Now the place that I had just looked up my own information through, you can download like an ebook and it'll give you a little bit of an explanation, um, which was definitely really helpful. But then there were still so many questions left over. Um, 
So I'm interested to hear a little bit about how far, and this is probably like such a rabbit hole of a question, but like how far can you really go with the information that's given? Um, and there were numbers on there and colors, and I still don't know what any of that means. <laughs> okay, so you can go, it, it really is a vortex. Mm -hmm. um, I'd probably say I've done thousands of hours of learning the human design system, I'd say like at least a thousand hours, easy. Um, I'm trying to add it up in my head like that's ever going to happen. <laughs> like Here we that. are at 760. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, why am I going down that? But, um, and I still feel like I'm just scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. On it. it's 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 like yoga you know there's just so much and it's so intricate and it's so beautiful so um in human design you have your energy centers you have your energy type you have your strategy you have your profile you have your incarnation cross and um and then you have your authority and your not authority and um that's just the basics that's the basics, which already sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah, But here's what's really beautiful about the system is that it is said that if you understand your energy type, which is like the manifester, manifesting generator, generator, et cetera, your that and your um, authority and your strategy, like that's actually will change your life. Just mm -hmm. those things. And so we're actually supposed to focus on those things for the first year or two and then go a little bit deeper. Now we live at a time when everybody loves to go really deep, really fast, including myself. So True. <laughs> yeah. Um, but because those things are all about how your body physically responds to things and you want, want to be very, <laughs> I'm going way past the question you asked me. Oh, that's okay. Do it, please. <laughs> okay, so um, it, it's understanding your energy type and really your energy centers and then um, your strategy will help you decondition. And what is really important is like we want to be sure, and this is why working with someone that's well-versed is important is to distinguish trauma and triggers from um, conditioning, because I've seen that happen a lot. It's like, oh, well, I'm open in this area. So that means I recognize everybody that's an asshole. And so everybody like this person, no, like that's not what this is about. Right. Um, and so it's, it's really important to like understand the process of what personally needs to be deconditioned in order for you to have a pure understanding of your energy, which is what led me to actually being so obsessed with frequency and attuning to frequency. Um, and like really understanding the vibration of your body, not from the mind and not in like understanding that emotions aren't necessarily always facts, they're information. And sometimes that information comes up from conditioning and sometimes it comes up from the body. And so really learning to distinguish between the two. Mm -hmm. So 
you can go very, very, very far down the rabbit hole. With your- yes, I, I imagine as someone who enjoys going down many ha- rabbit holes, I, you know, I'm like already identifying this as something that like, if I started really getting into it, I'm sure I could spend a ton of time just like digging deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, it's interesting for me, as you're mentioning some of these different aspects that we can begin to realize about ourselves um, through this information, I, I, it makes me think about how this could potentially be utilized or worked with in different relationships, whether they're business relationships, personal or intimate relationships, family relationships, mm-hmm. um, maybe even especially family and intimate relationships, although all of the above more than likely, but I'm just thinking about how a lot of times when we are around people, mm-hmm. the same people for long periods of time, whether mm-hmm. it's family or partners or best friends or whatever else we i think a lot of us feel like we know these people so deeply on a lot of levels but maybe we don't really understand their design or the type of person that they are because sometimes it can be hard to see outside of our own responses and our own conditioning and everything else right Mm -hmm. so maybe we expect them to respond to us in a particular way and it doesn't happen and then you know heads can start to butt when things like that occur right um so i'm wondering if you've noticed any difference either in your own relationships or relationships of your clients um if they've had feedback for you around around that around how maybe it could affect their relationships or i mean it sounds like it could could even potentially be beneficial and and different counseling um, for relationships or businesses or whatever else. Yes. I have my boyfriend's human design chart memorized to like the last last number. (laughs) Um, It absolutely helps. And it helps because of where people feel things and um, the way people interpret and um, also communicate. Right. So let's say like you have an undefined throat um it's easier for you to say what other people are feeling what other people's needs are than your own and so maybe like if you have an undefined throat and your partner has a defined throat or you both have undefined um it's really important that you learn to speak your needs and that you learn to say what you want which is tricky, right? Because it, it's it's not necessarily self-regulated. Where it gets really interesting in relationships is um, the solar plexus center, which is the center of emotions. Uh, so there are two types of people according to human design emotionally. So you have the emotionals and the non-emotionals. And non-emotionals are undefined in their solar plexus center. Emotionals are defined in their solar plexus center. Emotional people have their own emotions that come from within and non-emotionals respond to the rest of the world around them and like pull and amplify the emotion of whatever energy. They're the the people that can like tear up over a Hallmark commercial. Or when you're telling them a story, they feel the emotional experience of the story where emotional people actually relate back to an emotional experience they've had and can empathize through that way. So one, it's like feeling and one, it's more memory of something that's happened in their system. So in relationships, what happens is remember an undefined center, you pull in and amplify 
the energy of what's going on around you. So let's say your co- partner comes in hot after like a pissy day of work, you're going to actually end up more pissed off as a non-emotional because you're pulling in and amplifying that emotion. Um, and now let's say you have two non-emotionals in a relationship and one comes in hot from like something they picked up at work. And then you're just going to like have this volcanic explosion of fuel the fire. (laughs) Yes. Fuel the fire. Um, So it's really important to understand what centers you have open, what you're pulling in, because like you're actually feeling your can where you're undefined. You are actually maybe feeling your partner Mm -hmm. and thinking that it's yours instead of it's about like learning to hold space, learning to regulate what's yours. Now, so that's for relationships and I could go a lot further, but I want to talk about the work piece too. And then also children, which I think is so important, but Mm -hmm. I actually often get hired by companies to come in and read teams, human design charts. Oh, fun. Yeah. It's, oh my gosh. It's so fun. And just to see like how everybody's energy works now, these are very like modern, cool companies, obviously, um, But I love doing it because you can just start to see like, for example, let's say you have um, a manifesting generator and then you have a projector and the manifesting generator is like bouncing from idea to idea and the projector that just likes efficiency is going to be like a little bit, it's just a very different energy. So the projector could look at the manifesting generator and get super triggered. Like, why are they all over the place? And like, never seem to get anything done. But when they get things done, it's super, super fast, which is very different than a projector that's like very guided energy. Um, and so, or let's say a projector and a manifester. I actually had a group of girls I worked with last year and they started this awesome company, but she was a manifester. And one was a manifester. And so she initiates, right. And she just takes action on everything. Mm-hmm. She's a self-starter mm-hmm. and the projector is always waiting for the inv- invitation. And so she was waiting. The manifester was like every, she just needs to be self-starting. Right. And the projector was waiting for her to give her permission to do things. Right. And so it didn't feel like a partnership because Mm -hmm. mom was always waiting for permission. So the manifester almost needed to like, kind of figure out a schedule of like, you can like, will you do this? Will you do this? And it completely balanced out the relationship and they've tripled their income. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And they're just like having so much fun because they understand each other. Right. Whereas like maybe before they would have just called it quits, like not yes. even done the business together anymore. And now like figuring out a way to make it work. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's so fascinating that these ladies were able to just really find the point where they could meet and understand one another in order to, to really make their business flourish. Right. I mean, how fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been completely transformational, transformational for them in every aspect of their life. And I'll never forget it. The day we were all sitting there together and 
I showed them their charts, they both by the end of the session were just completely bawling their eyes out and hugging and like understood each other and themselves in this whole new way. And there was even a moment like, wow, I've got some work to do, mm-hmm. but it was as if they were given the key to the door that they'd been banging against for years. Wow. That's so beautiful. And, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about how empowering and how freeing it can be to learn about different aspects of ourselves and who we really are and who we're really meant to be and what we're really here to do. Um, But also I'm just super impressed that we can also work with these tools to work with other people in this way too. And again, just on this topic of relationships in whatever capacity, I can imagine, you know, if you feel like you haven't been seen or heard, or you feel like, why is this person always doing it this way? Like, I just don't understand. Why do they always load the dishwasher this way? What, you know, like whatever the like little things, right? Like it can be like that. Um, but to, to be able to have, you know, two people or even a group of people to reflect these things off of one another and to sit there and understand together, mm-hmm. who am I and who are you and who can we be together? Mm-hmm. What I mean, I feel like this is revolutionary. Yes, and and how perfect that that companies are bringing you in to essentially like make the workplace a better place to be for everyone involved, right? I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, it's it's a really fun part of what I do, um, and I get emails months and now years after the fact, like we've we're still implementing everything that we learned in our sessions and it's, and it's changed the way we operate. And it's so funny. You bring up the dishwasher. (laughs) Not that I know anything about that, but (laughs) my boyfriend is a projector and he's all about efficiency and like, he loves things to be streamlined. So he will actually come back in. First of all, he's a master at Tetris. And then he'll come back in after I've loaded the dishwasher and like rearrange things, like pull things out. And I just imagine like the Tetris song playing in his head while he does it. <laughs> it's a little game. <laughs> yeah. And it used to annoy me and I'd be like, oh, just run the dishwasher. But now I'm like, oh, he's embracing his projector. <laughs> See, look at that shift. Right. <laughs> How magical is that, that we can go from being annoyed to just being an understanding? Oh, this is something that he needs to do for himself. It's the way he's designed. It's the way he's built. And, you know, just as I'm saying that, I'm I'm also realizing that that could be maybe misconstrued and like, we don't necessarily want to give people, like let them off the hook for inappropriate behavior, you know, just to like put that out there too. Like, it's not just like, oh, well, you know, that's who they are. That's who they're going to be. But it also can give us this, this link or piece of understanding, or like you said, it's, it's like a key that fits this door that you've been just like knocking your head against trying to figure out how to get in for so long. And then once you can actually, you open the door so much more is revealed, right? Like you're just, there's so much more understanding that can be achieved. It sounds like, 
And so I know you were also talking about the potential of working with children and parents in this regard. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yes. Um, and to continue what you were saying about the, um, the deeper piece is like, this is, this is not about trauma. Trauma is real. Like horrible things happen to good people every day. This mm -hmm. is not, I, I just kind of want to separate that from like a little bit from what we're talking about and make it very clear. Like I believe in that. Um, I think therapy is amazing. Oh my God. I've had so many therapists mm -hmm. healing. is amazing. And human design is more, it can absolutely help you unpack trauma according to energy, but it is not necessarily a replacement for therapy. Sure. Yeah. Very yeah. important distinction there. It's just another tool in the toolbox, right? Like something I've definitely become super aware of uh, on my own path and journey is that there's, there's never just one thing, you know, there's so many different aspects of ourselves and we can't expect to meet these aspects of ourselves with one tool or with one right. way, at least that's the way that, that I see it. And, and it kind of goes back to this idea of a lot of, of our society just wants like a magic pill, you know, that we yeah. just want things to like be different right now and change um but that that's almost always not the way it actually works and and we have to to take responsibility and put forth effort mm -hmm. and enlist other people who might have um capabilities or offerings that that we don't you know just like with therapists you know sometimes bringing in people from the outside or that's part of the toolbox yeah and, exactly. and a really integral and important part yeah, it's a very important piece of self-study hmm. is how I see it. So um, it was a major part of my healing journey for mm -hmm. sure. Okay, children. So I always think of manifestors and reflectors when I think about um, human design and children. But can you imagine if your parents understood the way that your energy was expressed and experienced in this world, how different your upbringing would be. Like as a manifesting generator, okay, actually, so manifestors, for example, they are here to initiate and here to lead. They're not here to be told what to do. And their system has a very strong reaction to it. Their aura is closed and actually repelling. I don't love that word, but, um, Think of it more as discerning, like their aura doesn't let things in that aren't meant for them. It just kind of keeps them at bay. And, but imagine a child that likes to initiate and hates being told what to do. When in their design, manifestors are actually here to be the head of their household. So it's like you have a little six-year-old that doesn't want to be told what to do and knows what's best for the family. And I didn't say thinks they know what's best. like actually knows what's best for the family and how deeply they can be conditioned to like not follow their impulses because their parents are trying to keep them safe to teach them manners um now there is a fine line of like don't be an asshole <laughs> it's like don't like you know be polite and that's this balance of where we are in life right now but a manifestor child is really here to lead the pack um or a personal 
um, personal story is like as a manifesting generator, I kind of like all over the place, right? Like a little hyper, a little like into a lot of things will like leave projects half finished. And so I was diagnosed with ADHD. Now I'm not saying this is my story. This is not about anybody else. I want to make that, this is not medical advice, mm -hmm. but I wonder if when I was 16, I had a more clear understanding of my human design. If I would have understood my diagnosis differently. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 That's a super um, interesting reflection there. And I'm just thinking too, about what you said about like the manifester child and how, you know, maybe the parents see this child as just like, oh, we're always butting heads and they think they know what's best. And you're like, well, they kind of do. <laughs> Yeah. They actually get what's best because that's how they're designed. That's their energy type. And yeah, what a world of difference that can make in parenting. And, and I'm not a parent myself. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, can the human design be applied to dogs? Because, yeah, you I, know, and, and I'm like, well, it is the human design, right? Like, it's not just the mammal design. But I'm also thinking about like the difference because I don't have children. I'm like thinking about the, the may like major differences in my two dogs and like how to best deal with them. And not that I necessarily think that my one dog like knows how the family should be run, but he certainly thinks he does sometimes. I look it up, look up it's, you know, his birthday and time. Yeah. Well, I don't know the time, you know, with dogs, like sometimes, especially if they're rescues, like, yeah, it's kind of an arbitrary date. Like, well, it could have been around this time, but you know, <laughs> I looked up my dog's chart. My dog's a projector. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it. I mean, I'm not, I, yeah, I'm, I will look it up as closely as possible because why not? Right. I mean, maybe you'll get some insight or maybe it'll just be fun, but that's not um, my area of expertise, but I have looked up <laughs> my pet type. Well, and, you know, just as we're talking and, and sort of drawing this comparison in some ways, at least to astrology and neither one of us are, are practicing astrologers, at least I, you're not that I know of. Um, but the things that I have learned about astrology, especially in recent years, they really have helped me to understand things better. And it's interesting because like, sometimes I'll try to explain it to my husband and I have to find the right wording sometimes because it can come off, you know, like, I think one day I was like, well, you're a Libra and you're more airy and I'm a Virgo and I'm more earthy. And he's like, what do you mean? Like I'm airy, I'm flaky. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I mean at all. Like, but yeah. the way that you approach certain things is going to be different from the way that I approach certain things. Mm -hmm. And so even just in that, we can have more understanding for ourselves and for our partners. Mm -hmm. And, and, and when we have that piece of understanding, I feel like it gives us so much more to work with, like, okay, well, we're going to deal with this differently and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But let's figure out if it's something that we're both working on, how we can meet in the middle somehow. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I would imagine with children too, that would be especially important. Mm -hmm. And the major shift in perspective is take it a step deeper than understanding and learning to live in awe of the other. Like, mm -hmm. wow, they do that so differently. I never would have thought about it like that. What can I learn from that? Why is, why do I experience it this way? And they experience it that way. And then instead of our, the human need to correct someone else is built of our own conditioning where people have learned that the way that have been 
taught and scolded away from their own internal knowing, which makes them not trust their internal knowing, which makes us assume that nobody else knows what the fuck they're doing either. Mm-hmm. And we know best because of what we were taught, right? That's the cycle. And right. so to deconstruct that and be like, wow, fascinating is, I just got goosebumps everywhere. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I was like, whoa, <laughs> because then it becomes an opportunity, yeah. you know, and, and who isn't, who can't get excited about opportunities? Um, yeah, I mean, just, just shifting the perspective and reframing things in a way. And I love this, what you're saying about like finding a way to be in awe of it, Mm -hmm. um, because we do get so conditioned. And I think a lot of times when people hear the word conditioning, they maybe correlate it with like particular things or particular people or entities, and it can be. Mm-hmm. easy sometimes to kind of push to the side, like, well, no, I'm not conditioned because I practice this, or I've been doing this, but we condition ourselves in different yeah. ways too. Right. <clears throat> we set these different expectations for ourselves. And if we don't meet those conditions, then this, or then we feel this way. Yeah. So to, to look at this as an opportunity, well, that's not the way I would do it. That's not the way I learned to do it. That's not the way I was taught to do it. Mm-hmm. And it is the way that they do it. Mm-hmm. And what can I learn from this? Just like you said, what an opportunity to really just experience life on a whole different level. It sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's the key to being self-sourced. Truly. Mm. Because even the most well-intentioned sources and mentors still have their own internal guidance system. And then think think back to like Siddhartha, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was his own mentor, right? Went through his own deep battle and hit, you get so far, it doesn't matter what path you're on. You can have guides and mentors that can show you a way or the way, but the step to enlightenment isn't you're not going to find it in a book. You're not going to find it. You're sure shit not going to find it on social media. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, like you're going to it it's going to be it is a self-led journey that can be supported by the right people at the right time. And it's important to bring this up, but even where the spiritual community is right now, there's so much do it this way do it this way. If you don't do it this way, you're a sheep and you're wrong. And like, so be mindful of like all the information you're taking in. And if you're believing it's true because of like the hierarchy of you thinking somebody's above you on the path or further along than you versus like what is true to your to your inner knowing, to your wisdom. And we know, we all naturally know, and human design is a way to become even more familiar with that, to become even more attuned to that. Mm -hmm. So this makes me think just just what you're saying here now, um, attuning to to these things and these notions. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that 
you mentioned this sort of led to a, a bit of an obsession with frequency as well. I'd love to hear maybe if you just want to shine a light on that just for a few minutes, like what does that mean to you and, and how do you find these things intertwining in your life? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so the journey that led me to really studying frequency is that I would, um, when I was in deep grief and to be very clear, I didn't always get it right. Like I made plenty of mistakes. I didn't do things the way I necessarily wished I had. Um, I, I wasn't always pleasant to <laughs> be around, uh, cause like we're human. Um, and my body started having all these adverse reactions mm -hmm. and I started noticing like the physical sensations again, because I was so raw and open, the everything was amplified. And so even when I saw a text message come in, I would feel like the authenticity of it. Now, I don't know that I've ever said that publicly, but it's like, I could feel energy behind words. I could feel, um, everything like how different what numbed me out what made me feel more like myself what gave me anxiety and all going back to the nervous system like certain things feel different to your nervous system certain things and it's not about comfort zone it's not about feeling it is about feeling safe and secure but not necessarily like comfortable if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. More like a perception of sorts. Yeah. A perception of sorts. And what was happening is I was having all these big influxes of energy constantly, like feeling bombarded by everything around me that I had to figure out how to flush it and empty it out. And I chat. And what I found is that it had to be three parts. It had to be, um, physical, like the movement, the energetic release, it had to be a mindfulness, right? Like really choosing and, and thinking about things. And then it had to be a deep connection to spirit. So when I did all those things, every time I did it, I could do it. Just feel more what I call attuned. Like, okay, I feel like myself again, right? And what happened over time with the practice of that is that I could just at first it would take like hours or days, right? I would go into like an energy vortex mm -hmm. um, or, but now it's like, I can feel it happening. And I'm like, okay, I'm just not going to let that thing fuck with my frequency. I'm just going to like, because I have gotten so attuned, but I've started doing this work with other people and um, it's not anything I've been taught. I don't, again, I have no idea where it came from, but it's creating really powerful shifts and transformation for people to just understand and recognize their own energy, what it feels like to be in their own body, and then how they respond to different external stimuli. Mm. Everything from social media to food to people. And like, again, the key components, like what's coming from within and what's coming from conditioning and what's really like not feeling good in my system. Now this work, the more clear and clean you keep your temple, your body, the easier it is to distinguish. Mm 
so even though I've been studying it for a while, like I still feel like in many ways I'm on the beginning of the journey of mapping it all out, but it's so fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's really interesting um, that once we we really grasp this concept of everything being energy, everything being frequency and having a vibration, it, it can sound really kind of out there or like woo right to some yeah. people but but for the people who need it the science is there to back it up yeah, and you know especially once you get into like quantum physics and the quantum realm and all this like it's absolutely fascinating and talk about a rabbit hole that you can go down for a really long time you know um and i haven't i'm not saying i've been super deep in the rabbit hole of quantum physics because that is not my forte necessarily. Um, but, you know, just like you had kind of touched on earlier, the frequency of the foods that we eat, the people we're around, I had noticed before I knew anything about frequency or energies, I had noticed there were certain places mm -hmm. in the United States that I would visit and they would drain me. Like literally I would get off the plane, I would be full of energy. And the second I set foot onto the land and like felt mm -hmm. the energy of the place. And again, I didn't realize this at the time, but I would reflect back on it at a later date and be like, every single time I visit this place, I have no energy. All I want to do is sleep and like sit around. And the whole point of going was to like interact and get out and do and be and spend time with people and family and friends. And I just was like not feeling any of that at all. Um, so I think it's really interesting and fascinating that frequency really is all around us all the time. And that when we can get to this place of having discernment around that and mindfulness or just even awareness, right, is the first step. Um, being aware and to, to some people that might just be, how do I feel? And, and there certainly is like an art to, or a practice maybe even um, discerning, like how do I feel versus how I'm, you know, am I being triggered versus, right. and, and I think that what you're saying too about the, the, more clean that we can keep our vessel or our temple, the more we're able to tune into these things. Mm -hmm. And that makes me think about working with plants in certain ways too. And there is um, this practice that especially happens in like the jungle regions of South America, where um, these tribes and certain indigenous people and now certainly a lot of other people are coming to the areas to experience something called a dieta. And this can be with many, many different plants. Um, but essentially, a lot of times these people will sit in isolation or in solitaire, uh, solidarity for a while um, or solitary, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. But essentially, they'll be by themselves with their own energies in a hut in the jungle and they will eat very bland foods. They're not eating like beautiful jungle fruit with all these seasonings or anything like that. Like it's usually like plantains and rice without salt. Mm -hmm. um, and they're drinking only herbal teas and water. There's no coffee, there's no caffeine, there's no cigarettes, there's no stimulants, there's no downers, there's no uppers. You know, all of these things are just stripped away mm -hmm. so that the person initially, if they haven't already, at least has to become attuned to their own energy and frequency. What are they emitting? What are they receiving? You know, mm -hmm. it's like, we're all these little walking antennae, like, you know, and we're like sending out information and we're receiving information all the time. And so if we're not super aware of that, 
you know, then who knows, who knows what can happen. But once we are able to tune into that, I mean, just think about, you know, like kind of a silly metaphor of, of a, an old school radio and using the dial to turn in and there's like static on certain stations, you know, and, but once you can really finally tune it and you get that second dial going and you really key in, then things become so much more clear. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of just how I'm thinking about it um, is that sometimes we do have to like strip these, these things away in order to, to begin in that place, you know, where we do understand what energy is, who, who we are with our own energy and, and our responsibility with our own energies, what we're doing with that and being aware of it. Um, and not everyone can escape to the jungles of South America to have this experience. Right. Um, and, and not everyone wants to, um, which is certainly understandable. Um, you know, so to have tools like this, that we're talking about here today with human design and frequency and working with these different things together, um, is just another means to the same process and work and unveiling, so to speak. Yes, absolutely. So I, I love that. And, and so as you're starting to paint this picture for us of working with frequency and working with human design, I wonder if you could share a little bit about what the process is like in working with you and, and, you know, is that a single consultation? Is it something that people can sign up for an ongoing mentorship? And, and what is that, what does that look like when people um, begin, begin working with these things with you? Mm-hmm. So there are so many different ways, um, depending on where you are and um, where you want to be. So I've actually, for the past few months, I haven't told said this publicly, but I guess I will now. <laughs> um, I'm building a membership site called The Temple, which is where we'll do frequency work. And it's a really great um place to come in community and we do what i call the frequency codes classes this which is where you like physically learn to feel your own frequency and your own energy and like the physical cues that it gives you and then frequency flow which is my signature movement class that's yoga embodiment tai chi and breath work where you Mm -hmm. like full frequency flush of your body Sounds delicious. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am loving it. It's another one of those things. I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> um, and then if you want to do a human design reading, which I highly suggest everybody does, there's a link on my website. So you have an introductory design reading, and then you have a level two reading. You book them both through the same page. It's very easy. It's a 60 minute session where I go over in level one. It's like the key components of your chart. What is like really standing out to me the most. Some of it's intuitive. It's very much like a co-creative process. You come with questions and we look at your chart and discern like anything that will be really helpful and informative for you. Um, And I do that for both business and lifestyle. So if you're just a spiritual seeker, curious, you want to know your design, awesome. If you want to know how it's going to help you with your business, awesome. And then for those that are really ready to go all in, I offer long-term mentorships, which are my favorite, most intimate way to work with people. Um, It's 
just the things that we're able to uncover working that closely together. It's absolutely magical, absolutely magical. Mm, it sounds so beautiful and, and such a rich way to not only enrich your life, but to, to just experience the world around us, mm -hmm. um, having this different perspective and being able to to reframe our surroundings and our interactions with with other people and other beings. Mm -hmm. um, so it sounds like a really beautiful experience. And um, I'm really excited to hear more about this temple that you're building. So um, it sounds like that is still in the works. And so we'll we'll wait um, <laughs> for your launch and see, you know, see what that looks like and and learn more about that. Um, so if people, I know you mentioned you on your website, people can sign up to do one of these readings with you, a consultation to find out more about their human design, um, to do a business consultation. You have a lot of really great ways of working with people. And what I really appreciate too, from what you're saying is that it's not just one way because we're not all just one way. Right. right. And so that's becoming even more and more evident is that the session that you and I may have could be, and probably would be totally different from a session that maybe my husband would have, or my best friend or a business partner, um, or a child, you know, I don't know if you do child consultations or like family consultations, but that could be interesting too. Mm -hmm. Um, so if people do want to learn more about these different offerings that you have, what's a good way for them to find you? Um, Instagram is really easy. Always. It's Bethany Bubenzer, my full name. And then my website, bethanybubenzer.com. Now it is getting updated. So I'm easy to find on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, I feel like Instagram is always a way I have this love hate sort of relationship with social media sometimes. Um, but you know, in these ages that we're living in, they it tends to be a good way to find people and to connect with people. And I really, um, appreciate that about it. I can say, um, so certainly, you know, and, and really it's funny because that's sort of how we re reconnected after having both lived in Charleston at the same time and worked together. Um, and then, you know, not seeing each other, hearing from each other for years, but I had, found you on, it was either Instagram or Facebook. And then, you know, was hearing little tidbits about your journey along the way. And then we reconnected and here we are. So, yep. so definitely grateful for that. <laughs> we actually worked together while I was in yoga teacher training. Were you in your training then? I knew you were doing yoga a lot, but I, I don't know if I was like aware of where you were in that process. Or maybe I just, I think I'd finished it, but I was still like, I'm not going to get a real job. I'm all in it yoga. It was around that time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, just, and look at where we are now. <laughs> I know. It's so different, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Oh, I love it. Um, I mean, I could probably ask you like a zillion more questions and we could probably talk for a zillion more hours. Yes. Um, and I know that we both have other things to do in our day. So we'll wrap it up here for now. Um, and I just want to say how much I've enjoyed this conversation. I'm really excited to continue learning more about this and, and more about all that you're up to. Um, I do have one last question for you before we part today. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I ask everyone. And that is what is nourishing you in this moment or in mm -hmm. this uh, time and space that we're in now? Mm. Um, 
so many things. Um, reading books and novels was a really beautiful language. Is actually just fueling my soul right now. Um, doing a lot of cooking with fresh, fresh food and dancing every single day. Mm. Love it. Yes. I've been doing a lot of cooking. I need to do more dancing. So that's a really good reminder for me. And I say that because I want to do more dancing. I grew up as a dancer and um, it's something that when I don't do it for a while, I really miss it. And it's so funny that I have to hear somebody else say that for me to be like, I need to go dance too. But that's why we're here to remind each other. Right. Yes. Yes. Awesome. This has been so lovely and beautiful. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm so glad that we were able to reconnect and, and, and be here today and, and to share this conversation and um, to share it with others too. So I'm really grateful for this platform and for you taking the time. So I look forward to staying in touch and to hearing more about what you're up to. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Mm-hmm. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Sage and Spirit. You can download more episodes and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple or Google Podcasts. For more show notes and guest information, visit dancingsagewellness.com. Until next time, take care and be well.